Welcome to the LCGC podcast, Technological Developments in Ion Chromatography. This podcast is brought to you by Thermo Fisher Scientific. Thermo Fisher Scientific is a world leader in serving science with revenues of $17 billion and approximately 50,000 employees in 50 countries. Their mission is to enable their customers to make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. They help their customers accelerate life science research, solve complex analytical challenges, improve patient diagnostics, and increase laboratory productivity. Through their premier brands, Thermo Scientific, Applied Biosystems, Invitrogen, Fisher Scientific, and Unity Lab Services, they offer an unmatched combination of innovative technologies, purchasing convenience, and comprehensive support. To find out more, please visit them on the web at www.thermoscientific.com. And now, here's your host for this podcast, Carrie Hollenberg. Hello, everyone. This is Carrie Hollenberg with LCGC, and I'm here with Art Fitchett, Director of Sales Training at Thermo Fisher Scientific. Thank you for being here today, Art. My pleasure, Carrie. Uh, to get started, when does high pressure become important to ion chromatography and why? What types of analysis is it best suited for? Interesting question. You know, as we've seen in our, our sister technology, HPLC, there's been a move to smaller and smaller particle-sized uh, column packings. And not only is that true in HPLC, and it's now being called UHPLC, we're seeing that same trend in ion chromatography. As we go to smaller particle sizes, uh, the Van Diemter equation show, tells us that the, the um, back pressure is going to increase as well. So the, the reason that everybody wants to go to smaller particle size materials is that they give you higher efficiency separations and faster throughput. And so that was true with ion chromatography, where we wanted to get you know that higher efficiency separation and the faster throughput. But since we have an, a totally inert metal-free system, essentially plastic, if you will, uh, pressure limitations for HPIC, or high-pressure ion chromatography, are quite a bit different than what you will find with UHPLC. Uh, in UHPLC, pressures up to 1,500 bar, or about 22,000 pounds, uh, is not uncommon. Uh, in HPIC, the high-pressure ion chromatography, uh, our, our maximum operating pressure under most conditions is between 5,000 and 6,000 PSI. So you can see there's a major difference between the two. But what we're finding now is that by going to a four micron particle ion exchange packing material that we are able to get the higher efficiencies and the faster throughput. And so we're getting much better separations. And that's really across all of the various types of analyses that we do, whether we're talking about drinking water, wastewater, foods, beverages, cosmetics, you know, pharmaceuticals or biotechnology compounds, you know, where we're doing things like carbohydrates and amino acids and um, those types of uh, applications. So we're finding that uh, HPIC, again, high-pressure ion chromatography, is applicable to, to all the various areas where people are looking for that higher efficiency, faster throughput separation. Thanks. And, and what, what kinds of concerns are there when using 4-micron columns? Do you have to worry about particulates and column plugging? Well, you know, any that, you know, that's a very common question, and we, we get that a lot more when we start talking about capillary size uh, columns. 
as a general rule of thumb, if you see any visible particulates in your sample, we would recommend that they be filtered uh, through at least a, a, either a 0.22 or a 0.45 micron filter. And these are these are pretty standard syringe filters that you can get uh, through a number of places, certainly through Fisher Scientific. Uh, I will caution people that, you know, uh, although these filters typically say sterile, sterile doesn't necessarily mean clean. And so that uh, before you use um, uh, one of these syringe filters, we rec highly recommend that they be rinsed with DI water to make sure that there's no contamination uh, coming off the filter and going into the sample uh, while it's being injected. But you know we're not seeing we're not seeing major issues with, with column plugging or or any of those things. Uh, but if there are particulates in the sample, they can certainly build up at the the top of the guard column or the analytical column if you're not using a guard. But they can also cause havoc with the injection valve if. You you get a particulate in there and that rotor starts moving back and forth, you'll start to gouge out a groove in there and then, then you run into a lot more uh, issues. So we've really not seen any any real problems with particulates. Uh, again, we do recommend they be filtered, but we're not seeing, you know, even on our 0.4 millimeter columns that uh, we, we're not seeing plugging the, and, and that, that's a good sign for us. Uh, why is automated eluent generation so important and what kinds of eluent generation are there? You know, what we call reagent-free technology using eluent generation has, has really kind of revolutionized uh, the, the field of ion chromatography. Uh, I've been in the field since 19, well, I hate to tell you, since uh, 1977, and that's, you know, this has been a major, major advancement. The thing that makes this reagent uh, technology and eluent generation so important is that the only thing you have to bring to the instrument is a source of good, clean, deionized water. That's it. And then the instrument then prepares its own mobile phases and its own regenerants that are going to be used in the suppressor. And we do that using an electrolytic process. Now, the thing that makes that so great is I don't have to spend any time over at the, the, the bench weighing out uh, chemicals and reagents and then handling them and then diluting them up to volume and everything else. If I want to produce a, a concentration, let's say 10 millimolar uh, potassium hydroxide, I go to the computer program, I type in 10 millimolar potassium hydroxide, and that's automatically made, made for me uh, by the system. Now, the way this works is we have a, uh, an isocratic pump being fed with only DI water, which means the pump seals and everything are only seeing deionized water and not some you know, salt solution, which prolongs the lifetime of, of the pump and reduces maintenance quite a bit. And then it goes into an electrolytic cartridge. And this is a cartridge that contains an electrolyte. In this case, it's going to be a, a potassium electrolyte. And by applying a potential ac across two electrodes, I can then generate whatever concentration of potassium hydroxide that I want. Then we actually have another device that's in there that actually cleans up that solution so that we're, we're generating a really high purity potassium hydroxide prior to going into the analytical system. Now that's important because if you try to make a manually prepared hydroxide solution, hydroxide solutions or caustic solutions absorb CO2 from the air. CO2 becomes absorbed, it turns to carbonate, and now you've got a mixed mobile phase, which is hydroxide and carbonate. And now you don't know what kind of separations you're going to be getting. So being able to produce a pure uh, mobile phase consistently, day-to-day, -day, week week-to-week, month-to-month, and operator-to-operator -operator is a big advantage in, in ion chromatography. The other thing it does is it eliminates any of the, the operators or, or the chemists from having to handle you know either corrosive acids or bases. And so there's the, the exposure part is there, the consistency part is there. Uh, and so it, it really has changed the way ion chromatography is being done. 
Uh, presently, uh, we typically use uh, potassium hydroxide as the uh, the mobile phase of choice when doing anions. We also have a, a device that will generate a carbonate one, as well as a device that will generate carbonate and bicarbonate. Uh, and then for doing cations, we use methane sulfonic acid. And so again, the only thing we have to do is go to the computer, type in the concentration that we want, and that's automatically prepared. Now, in ion chromatography, one of the most powerful things that we do is gradient separations. When using an eluent generator, we do not have to have a gradient pump. We can use an isocratic pump and allow the, the software to generate the gradient profile simply by going in and typing, you know, the concentration I want at the beginning, what kind of... Uh, ramp I want, whether it's going to be a linear, convex, or concave, the final concentrations, or any other changes that I want, and that's all done automatically by the software using the LUN generator cartridge. So I can do a, a gradient separation with simply an isocratic pump. And, and as I mentioned before, maintenance on the pump has been reduced considerably because the only thing it's seeing is DI water. So that's, you know, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a big deal to, to have this re, reagent-free technology. And then we do the same type of thing uh, using an electrolytic process to generate the, the acids and bases that are necessary for our chemical suppression technology. And how long do eluent generator cartridges last? You know, that's an interesting question, and, you know, it depends on the concentration that you're going to be running. Obviously, if you're going to be running a very high uh, concentration of, of, let's say, either potassium hydroxide uh, for the anions or methane sulfonic acid, you're going to deplete the source of ions that are in there. Um, with our capillary systems, when we're running, uh, you know, really low flow rates, the, the cartridge actually lasts for a year and a half. Uh, under most conditions, we're, we're seeing that the cartridges under normal conditions and normal concentrations are lasting between 9 to 12 months. And tell us about IC Peak Viper fittings. What do they add to the system? <laughs> now, we've been using Viper fittings quite a bit on our UHPLC systems, and those are stainless steel fittings. But for ion chromatography, we really wanted and then created a brand-new Peak. Peak stands for polyether ether ketone, uh, so it's an inert material. Uh, but it's a really it's a high pressure fitting. Uh, it's finger tight, and it uh, the Integrion system is is the only is the first system that's been completely uh, plumbed and configured using these new Peak Viper fittings. You know, the, we have some some chromatograms that show the effects of of poorly cut tubing, and you know we we've dramatized it quite a bit to show you how how poorly the chromatography can get. But by using these these Viper fittings, which you know come in different lengths and, and, and sizes, you just screw it in, finger tight. You've got a perfect you know zero dead volume seal. It's not going to leak, and it's there consistently. You know, every time you do it, every time you have to cut a new piece of tubing, you need to make sure that it's either square or there's no burrs on it, and it's seated right, and it usually has a ferrule on there. And if the ferrule's not seated properly into the fitting, you're going to get leaking, and leaking means mixing, and mixing means poor chromatography. So uh, the, the Peak Viper fittings are a, a big improvement in that. Like I said, we've been using Viper fittings on our uh, HPLC stainless steel systems, and so the, the new Peak ones are, are available on the Integrion, and we will be uh, moving forward, in, including the Peak Viper fittings on all of our other products. What is consumable device monitoring, and how does it help with analysis? Consumable device monitoring is, is a, a new concept that we, we've launched with the Integrion platform. 
essentially all of the consumable components, whether it's a, an LUN generation cartridge, a separator or a suppressor or a, a guard column, um, all have RFID tags with them, which now allow us to monitor uh, not only what is in the system, so when we uh, install a uh, consumable item into the system, it automatically registers with the uh, the RFID uh, antennas that are in there, the device, its serial number, when it was put into service, and then it also monitors the number of injections and any other parameters that we want uh, to monitor for that product. Like on a column, we might want to know exactly when it went into service. We might want to know exactly you know, how many injections have been made on it. We might want to know uh, exactly what pressures has it operated at, and this gives us a you know a, a better feel for how that that consumable is, is one is being used and that it is the right consumable for for the uh, particular application, and so this is all built into the Integrion system. And that, uh, you know, again, it's going to allow us to to better track the consumables and and hopefully help the analyst uh, to to know uh, when a particular consumable is reaching its 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 useful uh, end of life and uh, and then uh, maybe even give them warnings uh, as to how they can you know that they may need to want, order a new one or replace it you know in a certain amount of time. But it does give you a feel for you know how long the column's been in service and and how it's been uh, been handled within the system. So that really does you know help in the analysis to make sure that you're you're using a consumable that that's not at, at its end of life and uh, that could cause uh, some some changes in the quality of the data that's that's being generated so it's it, like I said it's a new concept it's in the Integrion system uh, now that that will be moving into some of the other models later on but it is available now within with Integrion. Thermo Fisher Scientific recently launched a new high pressure IC system what makes it stand out from previous systems? Yeah, we just recently introduced the Integrion uh, ion chromatography, the HPIC system. That's a high-pressure IC system. Uh, it is a family of products, so it, it comes in a variety of different configurations uh, for whatever you know application that the customer is uh, is using, or and also on the level of investment they're they're willing to to, to make. And so this is, you know, this is the the latest in in the series. We have two other uh, HPIC or high pressure systems. One is the ICS 5000, which is our highest end uh, ion chromatograph. It is a modular system and allows you to work in 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 both standard format, which for us is a four millimeter column, microbore, which is a two millimeter column, or capillary, which is a 0.4 millimeter column. The other one is the ICS 4000, which is a dedicated capillary system, so it can only operate in the 0.4 millimeter mode. Integrion gives us a little more flexibility. We can work with both the microbore as well as the 4 millimeter columns. It doesn't do capillary, but it, it, it's an, a totally integrated system. So we, we've got a dual piston pump in there. We've got a, a detector compartment that will allow us to use either uh, conductivity, which is where probably 95% of all ion chromatography applications use conductivity, or an amperometric detector. Amperometry is where we do carbohydrates and amino acids. And we can also put uh, other detectors in into the system or onto the system. A UV-Vis detector can be added or a mass spectrometer can be added to the system. We also have a thermostated uh, column compartment which allows us to control the, the, the temperature. Uh, ion exchange and conductivity detection are both temperature dependent, so it's important to maintain a constant temperature uh, within the system to improve the, the, the data quality and the, and the results that you get. 
So the Integrion system, uh, you know, actually is was like I said, launched just at the beginning of February. We showed it a couple of weeks ago for the first time uh, commercially at the uh, the Pittsburgh conference in Atlanta, and uh, you know, it's been very well received. We're, we're kind of excited about it because it does it does fill the gap uh, from where we were before by allowing people to, to work with high-pressure ion chrome tarify systems and not have to go to, to the high-end ICS 5000 Plus, which I said is a modular system, or to work on a capillary scale, which is with the ICS 4000. Um, you've mentioned some of this, but um, can you summarize what kinds of detection the Dionics Integrian H? PIC system uses? Yeah, sure. It, it, you know, we can configure it. Uh, the, the, the standard configuration is, is typically going to be with conductivity detection, and there's a, a totally separate compartment just for, for the detector, or we can take the, that particular detector out and we can put in uh, the amperometric detector. Uh, any other standalone detectors, such as a UV-Vis detector, could, could be uh, attached to it, and we've also uh, been connecting the Integrion to, uh, to mass spectrometry. Now, when we talk about mass spectrometry, Thermo Fisher Scientific is known for its mass spec portfolio, and we've actually been able to connect the Integrion not only to single quads to tri- and to triple quads, but also to hybrid uh, systems, which uh, are, are our, the, the real high-end work that we're doing with, with proteomics. So we, we have the ability to, uh, to use the Integrion as the front end to, to these, these uh, mass spectrometers as well. Mm-hmm. And does the Integrion HPIC replace the ICS-4000 and the ICS-5000+. No, no. This uh, essentially what the Integrion is replacing is going to be what was the ICS 1100, the 1600, and the 2100. And so we have um, essentially versions of the Integrion product uh, platform that would be uh, almost identical replacements for the, for those products. So it's it's kind of uh, kind of what we call that mid-tier uh, system. It is a totally integrated system um, for doing you know traditional. Uh, ion chromatography, whether it's anions, cations, organics, carbohydrates, amino acids, uh, all of those applications could be done on the Integrion platform. Thank you for that overview, Art. My pleasure. We appreciate you being here today. This has been Carrie Hollenberg with LCGC. Thanks to all for listening. You've been listening to the LCGC podcast, Technological Developments in Ion Chromatography. This podcast was brought to you by Thermo Fisher Scientific. Thermo Fisher Scientific is a world leader in serving science with revenues of $17 billion and approximately 50,000 employees in 50 countries. Their mission is to enable their customers to make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. They help their customers accelerate life science research, solve complex analytical challenges, improve patient diagnostics, and increase laboratory productivity. Through their premier brands, Thermoscientific, Applied Biosystems, Invitrogen, Fisher Scientific, and Unity Lab Services, they offer an unmatched combination of innovative technologies, purchasing convenience, and comprehensive support. To find out more, please visit them on the web at www.thermoscientific.com.